the Pittsburgh Pirates took a series loss to the Houston Astros, taking one game but losing two. And we're also going to take a deep dive into the prospect porthole with Craig today here on Locked On Pirates. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to that Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. And I think that I'm starting to have an affliction for double episode days because on episode one of today, we obviously have Craig joining us on Thursday, as he always does. Craig, how are you today, sir? I'm doing good, brother. I'm actually... uh... I was looking at my flight plan. I'm I'm flying out to St. Louis tomorrow afternoon and we'll be there through Sunday night. So I uh, obviously a Pirates fan here and obviously love, uh, even though it's uh Bush stadium, uh, it's one of the stadiums I like, uh, you know, obviously second behind PNC park. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, there's nothing like St. Louis. I mean, that is a really cool stadium. That's who the Pirates, of course, will be playing this whole weekend starting tonight through Sunday, as Craig just mentioned. On the second episode today, we'll have J.D. Hafron from Locked On Cardinals on later this afternoon to give you guys a daily dose of the Pittsburgh Pirates, but a double daily dose. It's a daily double uh, for all of my what, – what game show is that? I always forget. Jeopardy? Yeah, there you go. Sorry. <laughs> I, I almost forgot. I almost said Family Feud, and I was about to literally just lose like 10 or 20 subscribers on site. But – Looking back at the week that the Pirates have had so far, uh, that was like a benchmark series for this team. It was a series where, hey, how do we stack up against the defending champions of baseball and the Houston Astros? Um, Not too great. Uh, The two losses in this series were very bad. Uh, Rowanji Contreras, of course, in that first game, which I didn't talk about too much, just didn't play that well. I think that he's still kind of finding his footing, especially with the new rules and all of the tempo that comes with playing in Major League Baseball now. Obviously, he was not really trying that out too much at the World Baseball Classic, so I think that he's still getting his feet under him, as is everybody else. I mean, albeit the Pirates are off to a 7-5 and start, that's still only 12 games out of the 162 and the 150 that we have to go. But the win that they did have was nice. They fought back from a 4-2 deficit to tie things up. Jiwon Bay becomes, of course, uh, a hero in Pittsburgh very early on. And, of course, him and G-Man Choi became the first South Korean-born teammates to ever homer in the same game, which I thought was a very cool stat. Uh, what were some positives from you, in this ser- uh, from you, Craig, in this series for the Pittsburgh Pirates? I mean, again, it's a series loss. But they still ended the homestand three and three. And although they did get blown out in those two games, they did play Houston pretty well, in my opinion. Well, one of the big things, I mean, before we hopped on the show here um, that we were talking about, and I wrote the the game recap over at Inside the Bucks basement yesterday, and and I you know kind of pointed out the same thing is that Rich Hill, uh, for what it's worth, gave you a chance to win the game. He didn't lose the game for you. I mean, obviously the the home opener. Uh, he 
<laughs> he was saved by the Pirates offense, but it wasn't, you know, the the shellacking that was happening, you know, with him giving up all those home runs. Like he gave up, he gave up two earned runs. I mean, that's pretty much the best you can ask for him. You would hope that you would get maybe another inning out of him to kind of save the bullpen, but that's a, a, a rich hill start for you. I, I don't, I didn't see, you know, all those home runs he was giving up against Cincinnati uh, and then against the White Sox becoming a problem. But, you know, when that curveball gets up in the zone a little bit too much and people can elevate it, then that's kind of what happens. But he's a consummate professional that will go out there and he won't really change what he's doing too much, but he can adjust those arm angles he throws from different slots, all kinds of different adjustments that he makes. That was a good start from him. And, you know, I don't, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and do that every time, but when you look at, I looked at his whip and it's something that the walks and hits printings pitch. So I looked at um, even with, you know, what would be seen as a, a terrible outing in there. I mean, his whip is sitting at like 1.33 and I know it's an extreme small sample size, but if he keeps that, between like the 1.33 and 1.4, uh, which he's been known to do, then, you know, the earn run average will kind of, it'll kind of level itself out. We weren't ever going to see him be, uh, you know, the below, you know, a, a 3.00 ERA. That's, that's not the type of pitcher he is and, and rarely has been. I think that, you know, we were kind of spoiled last year with, with Jose Quintana coming in the year before with Tyler Anderson coming in kind of like younger players. Uh, I mean, I know I'm not super young, but obviously younger than Rich Hill that could have some little rebounds uh, left in their career. So uh, Rich Hill, I don't, I think more times than not, he's going to, allow you the chance to win the game and not lose the game for you two out of three times. He hasn't lost it. The one time he kind of got blown up a little bit. So for rich Hill, I would kind of go with that. The other thing I would look at is, you know, Jack Sawinski uh, and that would start on Sunday, you know, making a little bit more hard contact with the ball, uh, getting his first home run of the season. We know that he has that potential within PNC park. Uh, right now, I mean, that's I was looking at that's what I do all the time. I was looking at, at Jack Sawinski's, you know, baseball savant page and seeing mm-hmm. that, you know, he does not have a high chase rate, but he has a high whiff rate. And that's not something you ever want to see from a player because it basically means that he's whiffing on balls within the zone. And that's like a, a thing that I look at. It's one of those advanced metrics. It's It's a zone contract percentage. Uh, usually the major league average is around like 84%. Uh, right now, Jack Swinski is sitting below 70%, which doesn't you know yield much success uh, possibilities moving forward. Uh, but if he can make some adjustments on that, it basically means that he's also not, he's recognizing the pitches he needs to be swinging at. Uh, he's also adjusting to a new batting stance still. Um, so I'm hoping that he would bounce back. That would be huge. Mm-hmm for the pirates to be able to do that. So that's like an, another positive I saw from the series. I, I would just kind of look towards, you know, everybody saying, you know, our first base, like that I don't really have that to worry about much 
and I think that's being proven as, you know, the early part of the season moves on is that, you know, Carlos Santana, G-Man Choi, whoever it may be, is going to provide, you know, pretty solid at bats. Everybody's, you know, say, why is, why is G-Man Choi in the, in the lineup, you know, for the third day in a row. And then he hits a home run. Well, that's kind of why he's in the lineup. It's, he's not going to provide you superstar caliber, but he's going to provide you, you know, regular, major league veteran presence in the lineup. Yeah. And um, I mean, another thing that may be jumping the gun a little bit here too, is I think me and Gary talked about it on Monday. And I think a lot of people are finally starting to realize it. And I know it's only been three games since it's happened with the O'Neill Cruz injury, but Rodolfo Castro and G1 Bay appear, especially G1 Bay, that they're going to be able to hold down the fort in the middle infield while he's out for these four months for quite some time. And if they can do that, at least for like, let's say a month or two, and obviously we're going to have you talk about prospects here later on. I do think that's going to be a big advantage for this team to be able to trust G1 Bay and Rodolfo Castro to hold that down while these guys like Leo Verpiguero, Nick Gonzalez, Tucapita Marcano, and whoever eventually you know, like take the next step in their maturation. And then Mark Mathias, we've seen him come in already. He actually had some cool defensive plays in the game yesterday. Offensively, he hasn't done anything yet. I mean, I don't think he has a hit yet, but he's also not that kind of guy. He's just going to be a guy that's going to sub in for you on off days. He's going to be a guy that probably subs in for you um, when they face righties because they don't know if they want Castro batting from the left side. It's just something that they're going to have to deal with while Cruz is out, but G1 Bay has done a phenomenal job after a not so great spring. Um, does he keep this pace up? I don't know. I also did find it funny that the uh, AT&T Sportsnet broadcast said that he has a good blend of power and speed, and I don't know when they figured that out, just because he hit one home run uh, and then had one in Fenway. But uh, G1 Bay is not a power hitter. I'm not going to have anybody sit here and tell you that. I think he just caught a pitch off of Ryan Presley very well and got lucky. I fully expected that ball to bang off the wall, but nevertheless, it still would have been a walk-off anyway. Um, offensively, there have been spurts with this team where I'm like, okay, things are getting a little weird. Like, where is this team offensively? But we'll get into that a little bit more here in a second. And if you want to fix anything about the Pirates, well, you don't have control over that. But you do have control of fixing things that are wrong with your car because you can build your vision part by part with eBay Motors. eBay Motors, of course, you know, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs a fit to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can make sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from. Wow. 122 million. Sounds like a good number for Brian Reynolds in an extension. Right, Craig? Um, <laughs> after all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit and the right prices on eBayMotors.com. Let's ride eligible items only exclusions apply. So the offense We've seen a lot with this offense already. We've seen them absolutely go nuclear in Boston. We saw them have good days 
pretty much every steer, uh, every game of the series against Chicago, except that last day where Johan Oviedo had a absolutely phenomenal outing. And then you have games like yesterday where they get shut out and only have three hits. And I think a lot of people with the additions of Carlos Santana and G-Man Choi in there, as well as I would consider Connor Joe, G1 Bay kind of additions too, even though they weren't they weren't on the major league roster last year, but they didn't have to go out and get these guys. Connor Joe, yes. But G1 Bay and some of these other guys, they didn't have to go get. They're just calling them up. Do you think this offense finds a consistency eventually to start putting up four or five runs a game? Or is this just one of those offenses where one day they're going to look like the 1979 Pirates and the next day they're going to look like the 2020 Pirates? Well, I think when you have like as many young players as you do, like everybody wants, you know, to play the youth. And yes, we have filled that in with some veterans, but you have, you know, G Man Choi, who, um, I mean, you have G1 Bay, who's adjusting to, you know, being a everyday major league player. You have Kanan Smith and Jigba coming in, who's going to have some ups and downs. Jack Swinski, for, you know, as much as he played last year, is still a, a very young player. So, I mean, Rodolfo Castro, there's, there's a lot of youth within that. So you're going to get those ebbs and flows, those ups and downs. And, and that's another player I didn't mention, you know, Rodolfo Castro, his bat starting to come around. A lot of people look at those, you know, early season sample size and, and I'm guilty of it myself and seeing, you know, the high strikeouts and you never want to look at a lineup, your opening day lineup. And you see, you know, not one player other than maybe Brian Reynolds batting over 200, that's not what you want to see, but you know, his back kind of coming around Mitch Keller, you know, kind of stabilizing that rotation because I mean, you need that type of stuff just because you need somebody to come in and say, okay, you know, we're not going to get a strikeout here or we're not going to get, you know, blown out here. Uh, so I, I feel like that's where, you know, you're going to get good at bats from McCutcheon. You're going to get good at bats from Santana. You're going to get bad. It's good at bats from Choi from, you know, Joe, it's it's something that that's why those guys are there. I, so I do think for at least the beginning here, I, I think I called it uh, I think I called it feast or famine because in like I think it was like five of the games we scored like 37 runs and in the other seven games combined, we had like 14 runs or something. So it, it's not it's something that I think it's going to happen with the young ball club as these guys get their their feet underneath them. Uh, and obviously, you know, Ono Cruz being out kind of affects that. But I mean, Ono Cruz hadn't even really gotten started yet, uh, other than you know the big home run in Cincinnati. He did was getting some walks, but you know hadn't even really come out of his shell just yet. So I would look for hopefully, you know, to see more consistency from these guys to see better at bats. But I mean it definitely is a worry about having consistent offense because I mean, even look at a Carlos Santana from last year, uh, it kind of, it kind of fell off at times. G man Choi finished the year. I think it was like over the last few months, like batting like 188. you know, Andrew McCutcheon is having, you know, some resiliency or having a rebound year with being back and, and being happy to be in Pittsburgh. Cause you know, he kind of became like that, you know, three thirty hitter with a just above, you know, average OPS. So it's not like you're filling it in with, with veteran players who are in their prime. So I, I think it'll help 
to a certain extent, but I, I do look to see like there's those games where it's like a, the they kind of feed off each other, mm-hmm. and and that happens a lot with with young players. I mean, you can kind of look, you know, within the minor league system, and I know that we'll get to it, but like Altoona was struggling you know, at the plate. And then once everything kind of comes together, they put up a 17 spot, you know, on, on Wednesday. So I, I, that happens with young players uh, and they don't all hit their streaks at the same time, but you'll see games where it kind of comes together and they do feed off each other. You do see, you know, even after, you know, the, the Ono Cruz injury, you see the camaraderie, you see the gelling uh, in the in the dugout, you know, after G-Man Choi's home run with a sword celebration and, you know, everybody, you know, getting back behind him, the excitement and everybody, you know, standing at the wall there as as G-Man, as uh, G-1 Bay hits his home run, you know, that type of stuff is everybody's still engaged in the game. It's it, there is this thing where they all want each other to succeed and having that veteran leadership will kind of help. But yeah, Ethan, I'm I'm thinking there's going to be, you know, at least for the first month or so here, you know, there's just going to be like, okay, they're going to explode, and then you know the next game, and especially when you fit it, you, you know, face you know tough pitching like you did against the Astros, you know, to be able to come back and and put up a you know a seven four win is is a pretty huge thing because if not, you know, we're we're getting we're getting swept there. Yeah, and. Going into this Cardinal series with an above 500 record, especially with some of those games where the offense has not shown up, is a trend of something that I continuously say almost every day on this podcast now that this Pirates team through 12 games has proved they can win in different ways. Some days you're going to get that Johan Oviedo start you weren't expecting to get where he goes seven and two-thirds or six and two-thirds. I can't remember what he went, but I know he had a shutout against Chicago, and then you get the games like you had against Boston where you put up a three spot, they put up a five spot in the first inning, and ironically Oviedo pits in that game too, but he settles in and the offense picked him up after he settled in. You're going to have games like this where the Pirates are either going to absolutely destroy it offensively because when you have a guy like Brian Reynolds in your lineup, I think all it takes is for him to just put one in play and get on base, and it's just a domino effect, as you said. It's just going to have guys feed off of each other. Now, obviously – you're looking at a lot of young players. So that consistency factor that Craig brought up is very, very hard to really gauge right now, just because you do have guys like Kanan Smith and Jigba and Jack Sawinski who are not in the lineup every day. You have a guy like Jiwan Bay, who I would bet you might not even see play tonight against Jordan Montgomery because Jordan Montgomery is a lefty and Jiwan Bay so far has shown no resiliency against lefties whatsoever. So, that kind of shift between that is something like, again, you might not even see Kenny Smith and Jigba or Sawinski tonight either. Um, it's one of those things where it is hard for these guys to get consistency when they're in and out of the lineup every day, but the pirates do need to get answers on these guys at some point, which is where I think you're going to start seeing a lot of these guys getting an extra look in a week. Like you're going to see a G1 Bay in the lineup for five days, or you're going to see a Sawinski in the lineup for four or five days in a week. And that's where I think it gets interesting because then we get into the prospects that the pirates are going to have at their hands pretty soon. But before we get into that as well, I do want to mention that uh, the pirates did get some sad news uh, about JT Brubaker yesterday about his uh, elbow surgery. I believe it was Craig. It was elbow surgery, right? 
Yeah, he had he had the TJ. JT had the TJ. Yeah, he had the uh, Tommy John surgery. He'll be out for fourteen to sixteen months. Uh, so that would put him basically as a full fledged player on this team in twenty twenty five, with the possibility of coming back late in twenty twenty four. Just wanted to mention that. Um, so yeah, there's going to be an emphasis on some of these pitching prospects. I think sooner than we expected. But we'll get into that here in just a moment. But I want to tell you guys about the wonderful people over at Rocket Money. Rocket Money, of course, is trying to save you money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about, like Disney+, Plus, Netflix, Paramount+, Plus, HBO Max, all those kinds of things. Rocket Money will quickly and quickly, yeah, there we go, quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you. And for any you don't want to pay for anymore, just hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. Rocket Money also helps you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorizes your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time and also get alerted if anything looks off. And over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. So stop throwing away your money cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB save money and stop spending things that you don't need to be spending on anymore with rocket money also today's episode is brought to you by the wonderful people over at built bar you can get built bars at built.com and get them at Walmart you can get them at Sam's and all of your wonderful uh, wonderful flavors you can get a 12 pack box it'll be a variety box so you can find your favorite flavor mine is still cookies and cream and always will be but of course you can still go to built.com use the promo code lock 15 and get 15 percent off of your order when you invest in the best protein bars on the planet so before we get into pirates prospects in this uh, prospect uh, porthole here I did want to ask you if you did see that game that happened. I believe it was the Chattanooga Lookouts versus the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Where Chattanooga, <laughs> Chattanooga won 7-5, to five, but also got no hit. Yeah, I mean, that's a... Uh... That's the thing with, with minor league baseball. The, the number of times that... You know, with the errors, with with misplayed balls, with wild pitches, with different things. I mean, you, you can get uh, maybe some runs that that you might not have otherwise gotten or deserved. Uh, but that's kind of some some funny stuff that happened there. I I saw that come across my thing, and and I still think that man. I wish that I wish the uh, Pirates had a. Uh, the trash pandas as, as the name for like one of their teams. Cause that's like one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite minor league baseball hats and teams uh, just because of the name. Yeah. And I mean, you look at the pirates names that they have, they're all pretty on brand. I mean, one is the name of a team that had to change their name at the MLB level. So I'm surprised Indianapolis hasn't had to rebrand, uh, rebrand away from that, but who knows? And then you have the Altoona curve, which is still my favorite of all of them. Uh, the Greensboro Grasshoppers and the Bradenton Marauders, which of course is on brand with the Pirates. Um, last week, uh, last time we spoke, most of these minor league teams were just getting into full swing, Craig. But what's going on down here that people need to know? Like, is there anything big going on with any specific prospects, specific teams? What do the people need to know well, about the system? 
Well, the biggest thing right now is uh, is Mike Burrows. Mike Burrows, who, you know, we're talking about that that pitching depth, and with JT out, you know, we kept on saying, you know, if he's in the rotation, then maybe you know you still have Oviedo to back him up, and Burrows, and Ortiz, and the list, and Priester, and the, and the list goes on and on. But I, uh, they said, you know, just the same time the announcement was made uh, concerning uh, JT Brubaker that that he was going to miss significant time with an elbow injury as well. There was some forearm tightness there. So it's definitely not, you know, very good news uh, for the Indianapolis rotation that may help, you know, maybe uh, a pitcher who was down in double A just because he wasn't going to fit into the rotation in Kyle Nicholas uh, to get stuff up there. So there is still some of that depth. Uh, Luis Ortiz has pitched well. Um, in small sample sizes. Uh, The biggest thing noticing with him is, you know, through the first three to four innings looks great. And then, you know, kind of comes unhinged like he did yesterday. Uh, Everybody knows my uh, opinion on Luis Ortiz. If anybody reads my stuff or listens to me talk whatsoever, unless he develops that third pitch, he will be a reliever. I mean, it's, there's only probably I can think of maybe three to four players off the top of my head that have existed in major league baseball with a fastball and a slider. Uh, Garrett Cole will be one that everybody knows. And AJ Burnett, you know, with Batman coming back and throwing out the first pitch on the home opener is another one. That's why you only hear about, you know, a select few guys that are able to do that. The fastball plays at the major league level right now. The slider can as well, and, and it's all in small doses. So, and he is still getting stretched out here. Uh, and during the last start, he he did become a little bit emotional during it, and and threw I believe it was like ten straight balls in a row. Uh, so he's you know maturing. He's he's getting his stuff going on down there. I uh, another thing that I would say is. You know, Altoona, when you have uh, two players like a Mason Martin and a Henry Davis, you know, you see the power potential that exists there. But then I was just having a conversation with somebody this morning and it's like, well, they should tear up double A. If if Mason Martin and Henry Davis are struggling at double A, then there is a bigger problem. You want these players to come up there and just basically say, I am better than this level of competition. Move me up now. Uh, so that's the thing. Uh, Jace Bowen uh, and Chung Chi Chang getting on, uh, getting on the level down there in Greensboro, and start and starting to hit. Um, I can't say. I mean, you'll probably hear his name every single time that I talk this season until he is Thomas Harrington. Looks absolutely amazing. Owen Owen uh, Kellington, uh, the, the man from my. Uh, I think it's Vermont or New Hampshire. Like it's pretty much the middle of nowhere and he's another guy, but they've been using him in like more of a long relief role. And that kind of happens down in the lower minors. So that's like another player uh, to keep your eye on. But with those, you know, types of injuries occurring at the top, um, it's putting pressure on, you know, a Tucapino Marcano to keep things up. Uh, I, you know, Travis Swaggerty, you know, Cal Mitchell has a three hit performance, but then, you know, struggles at the plate from time to time. Uh, and then, I mean, everybody, I, I, through the prospect portal, I put out at three o'clock uh, every Thursday, 
Uh, my focus this week is going to be on Nick Gonzalez. Everybody's been hearing a lot about, you know, Nick Gonzalez should be coming up, you know, over Mark Mathias. And, and I can't argue that, you know, Nick Gonzalez's ceiling isn't higher than a Mark Mathias. I mean, it better be a Tucapita Marcano ceiling, you know, better be higher. But, you know, when a player goes down, um, I had John Wayner on uh, this past week, and he said, you know, when a player goes down, they don't automatically look to replace the offense. They look to replace the defense. Mm -hmm. And if you can hold, you know, those positions down defensively and, you know, have your pitching staff be competent, that there's not going to be a play, you know, happen behind you. Like, unfortunately, we saw with Rodolfo Castro, you know, when David Bednar, quote unquote, you know, blew the save. Yes, you know, you know, David Bednar gave up some some donuts there. You know, he's throwing out some stuff. But, you know, you kind of get thrown off your game when you throw a pitch that should be, you know, you're getting an out and you don't. Um, so that's like a thing with there. That's why I was surprised. I mean, I, I've always said, you know, since Kevin Newman has been gone, like there's not really that solidified backup shortstop defensively it, it's Chris Owings and, and you don't want to like, that's the, the bad part is, is that I knew pirates Twitter was going to explode when Mark Mathias was called up, but Mathias was hitting as well, if not better than Tuca Pino Marcano, you know, in the minor leagues and, you know, has provided that consistent defense that we've mm -hmm. kind of seen since it's come up here. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody struggled or somebody got injured that Chris Owings wouldn't be, you know, the next call up because that's the other part is you want to get those regular at bats. You want to compete Mark Connor to get those regular at bats. You want Travis Swaggerty to get those regular at bats. If you have, you know, a Swaggerty up here with a Swinsky and a Kanan Smith and Jigba, like trying to find at bats for those three young guys, I I'm okay with them being, you know, in Indianapolis for right now. It's it's something that's you know unfortunate, but like I said, if if you bring Mark Mathias up here, and, and as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, Ethan, and he's just kind of like that defensive fill-in and just has to play like you know one maybe two games a week in the field. You know, you'd rather have it be him missing out on those plate appearances than you know a Nick Gonzalez who has been a historic slow starter. Um, I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> bury the lead a little bit here just because I want everybody to read my article, but he's been historically slow starter. So you want him to get all of those plate appearances and hopefully have a healthy season. So, I mean, once it gets to those upper levels, I just hope that, and I've always said this, that the leash isn't as long as it has been in the past few years, like with an Anthony Alford, especially with, you know, a Josh Van meter with a Kai I Tom, that if these guys who aren't the future of your ball club are struggling, that you would go to some of those younger guys quicker. But like I said, once again, it's just going to come into the regular playing time and, and getting those at bats. Yeah. And I mean, again, this also proves that you just, you guys just heard Craig talk about the minor league system for like six or seven minutes there. If you have some extra cash, just get MILB TV. It's like 40 bucks, I think, for the whole year. And you can watch most of the games. I mean, most of the games are broadcast, if not on radio. Watch the radio broadcast or listen to the radio broadcast while you're watching the Pirates game. You could do a double dip. Of course, check out Craig's Prospect Porthole over at Bucks, uh, inside the Bucks basement. 
later today. Also this evening, we're going to have my recap of tonight's game against the Cardinals. Later today, we're also going to be on a Locked On crossover with J.D. Halfron over at Locked On Cardinals. So guys, thank you for making Locked On Pirates your first listen of the day every single day. I do not deserve to be the number 34 ranked MLB uh, MLB baseball podcast in America, but somehow you guys made that happen. So thank you, but I don't deserve it. Either way, just like it, subscribe, listen on Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. Guys, have a wonderful rest of your Thursday. Make sure you catch this episode later. Catch Greg's prospect porthole and enjoy the game this evening, and I will see you on the flip side.